0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Let's take a second and travel back in time to San and Fury 2019. I went to the fest with zero intentions of networking, trying to secure new guests. To be honest, my main focus was just to enjoy the weekend. I wanted to spend some time with my friends. I wanted to meet people who were already guests on the podcast. Like I met some of the members of gadget, the dudes in one step closer, anxious and mercy. And I literally had no intentions of networking or, or trying to, to secure guests. Excuse me. But I was at the fest and I saw Jay from Mindforce and I didn't it didn't even hit me to ask him to be on the podcast like my first interaction with him and you'll hear about it on the podcast was to tell him how much I loved Living Laser just an awesome band that I never got to see live and then it just kind of spawned into me thinking like holy shit like Jay's here a perfect opportunity for me to ask him to be on the podcast it wasn't planned it was all just off the cuff and to our pleasure he actually was down and he came on we had an awesome conversation super solid dude and like a a super awesome band i just love everything that he's doing super respectable so i hope you guys enjoy this conversation i had and without further ado welcome jay to the podcast Right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Jay.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Jamie. Good to be here, man.
0: Thank you, thank you. I I really appreciate it. Um, uh, God, I'm, I'm stuttering. I'm. I, I just wanted to start off uh, back in January, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, January third, Mike Shaw got in a car accident. Do you remember where you're at when you found out the news?
1: Yeah, I do. I do remember. Yeah, I was, uh, I was home. I was driving home and, uh, my, my wife called me,
0: man. That was like tragic news for everybody involved. And I, I just remember it, you know, going all over Twitter and people posting about it and, I was really happy to see the community be able to come together. Shout out to Streets of Hate for putting out that t shirt to help with the um, costs. And then, um, was it you that helped book that benefit show?
1: Yeah, yeah, me and Alex, Streets of Hate, and Nicole, yeah.
0: Okay. And I uh, saw the lineup and I, I thought it was awesome that those bands were able to get together um, to help Mike out because obviously it was like a really, really rough time for everybody involved. But like, I just was really happy to see them be able to reach the goal on GoFundMe and everybody buying the t-shirt and then the show happening to help the cause out. I, I just thought it was just really cool to see hardcore come together for somebody in the community.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it was incredible what our community did to support him. Um, It was, I mean, it left us speechless. It left me speechless. Um, It was beautiful. And the show, I mean, Death Threat and all that war have a long history of playing together in the Hudson Valley. So it was a great time to make it happen for everybody.
0: Yeah, I I was really happy. And I'm skipping around a little bit but i was happy to see that you guys um you know were able to keep things together mike got better and you guys were finally able to make it out to the west coast
1: yeah it was incredible that was dope too man i mean we never been out there um but you know fortunately mike's recovery has been going good man everything's been uh going good
0: and going back to you talking about all-out war and death threat playing the hudson valley I literally had no idea that there was like a real connection between mind force and all at war. Um, uh, uh, this past week I, I put out an episode that I did with a Mike score and I had, Set. and I had asked him because I, I was looking at his Twitter and he um, retweeted something that you guys put out and I just asked him uh, like about it because I I didn't really know the connection there and he kind of like broke it down for me and talked about how you guys used to um, share like a practice space and um, you guys were like really good friends.
1: Oh yeah, man. We have a long history of being friends, man. I love all those guys. You know, we're all Hudson Valley hardcore dudes.
0: Yeah. And I, I I think it's cool uh, because uh, like I've, a huge fan of both bands, and I literally had no idea because you, um, you guys are you know different styles, and I, I just was like happy to find out that you know there was like you know some unity up there.
1: Oh yeah, man! I mean, uh, the drummer Jesse, I lived with for many years. I mean, you know, he helped helped me out. He helped raise my daughter pretty much. You know.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Can you talk about like your early days of hardcore? Like, were you born and raised up there in the Hudson Valley?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was um, like just when I started getting into shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got started getting into shows pretty early. Uh, maybe in my late teens, maybe like late '97 or '98. It's tough to really remember. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was a little tougher back then um, to find bands and stuff, especially living where we live more upstate in the Hudson Valley. Um, but, uh, you know, I the first places I went to were clubs like uh, the Avalon in Newburgh, New York, uh, the Chance in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I even went to a lot of shows in the city because I'm we're like a train ride away in the Hudson Valley. And I went to a lot in Connecticut, too, because we're also a car ride away from Connecticut, where we're at. So a lot of my time early on in hardcore was coming up in New York city, outside New York city in the Hudson Valley and uh, Connecticut.
0: So was it normal uh, to just ride the train down like to the city to catch shows or did it take a while for you to branch out of um, the Hudson Valley?
1: Well, I mean, when I had the gas money, I just drove down there um, cause it's, Where I was living at the time, um, in the Poughkeepsie area, it was about an hour and a half, depending where you were going, you know, maybe two hours with bad traffic. Um, uh, yeah, we used to hop the train. Um, I can remember hiding in the bathroom on the train all the way right up when I didn't have money to ride the train and just get into the show. Um, sometimes getting caught, getting in trouble, but other times not um and besides that just packing in cars when i had a car
0: what would happen um when you would get caught on the train uh, when you were hiding in the bathroom
1: uh they just kick us off whatever next stop was
0: wow that's crazy yeah. i, I can't even imagine being like a like younger and like just the rush of having to just be able to make it to the show and not get caught
1: we used to we used to do the same thing with uh to take the train up to the, to certain skate spots. Uh, we start try to hide in the bathroom, like three of us, four of us all together. in the bathroom. So we get in trouble a lot then too, man. It's not a good idea. Don't, don't do that. You couldn't get away with it now. And like, how big were those
0: bathrooms? Cause uh, I I can't imagine them being too big on a train.
1: They were really small. It was a horrible experience, you know, but you had to do what you had to do to get there. You know, I, where we live, we, we have, you know, spotty cities in the Hudson Valley. We have Poughkeepsie, Newburgh, the city of Beacon, um, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's just there's a lot of force, man. It's upstate New York. It's a lot of hick shit to do. So we do whatever we could to get down to the city.
0: I was uh, reading an old interview you you did and you talked about like um, upstate having to uh, like live in the shadow of the city. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. um, Well, the Hudson Valley specifically, the thing is New York's so big. um, You know, I mean, upstate New York could be the Hudson Valley, which is not far outside the city, or it could be Syracuse, which is four hours from me. You know what I mean? So, um, but In the 90s, when I was coming up, you know, the city was popping. It was amazing. And um, when I was coming up in the 90s and even early 2000s, the bands here, you know, I think latched on to, uh, you know, that New York hardcore identity and our scene just didn't really have an identity. It was hard to get a lot of bands to come through. Um, But, uh, you know, luckily we have bands that are just from the area that have cultivated a scene around them. And
0: back then you said it was hard to get bands to go out to the Hudson Valley. Was
1: there a reason for that? I mean, I don't know. Um, We had bands that if if they came through the Hudson Valley, they would always come through the Hudson Valley. It seemed like you either played here a lot or not at all. Um, You know, I mean, bands from New York played here all the time. Um, there was always bands from Connecticut played here all the time. There was always a strong connection between the Hudson Valley, the city and Connecticut. Um, but uh, it wasn't, I think um, some bands did come. There were some promoters here and there that um, did a good job of getting bands that didn't usually come through to come through. But for the most part, like I said, man, I don't know. We weren't, we're not always a prime location for everybody
0: when bands did come through like where was the place to play
1: uh well over the years um there's been different spots different years i mean in the last few years of the 90s when i first started discovering um when i when i was you know my early years of hardcore it was like the club the chance this club the avalon and Newburgh. um that was pretty much it i mean there was another club smaller club in middletown called the eclipse. Um I was another one in Newburgh called Planetarium. So pretty much in the city of Poughkeepsie and the city of Newburgh had clubs.
0: Okay. Man, I am I'm, I'm still like I I, I kind of taken aback by you talking about how the Hudson Valley stretches so far. You you it mentioned does.
1: Syracuse. <laughs> um did, Oh no, well, no, it, uh, Syracuse is also upstate New York. Oh, so, oh, so I'm sorry, the, It's not the Hudson Valley. What I, what I the point I was trying to make is um the term upstate New York is a lot of different scenes when you say that Hudson Valley is its own thing.
0: And do you feel like there's like more of a unity with like the upstate versus like the city and like Long Island and all that?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think there's a really strong connection between the Hudson Valley, New York City and Long Island. I mean, if you go to any shows in any of those scenes, you'll find people from all those scenes Adam.
0: And how far of a travel is that for you to get down there? Like to Long Island uh, specifically?
1: Oh, a couple hours.
0: Yeah. Okay. And do you it's
1: still
0: take... Like it. What's was, up? Oh, I was going to ask you, do you still take the train these days or do you
1: drive? No, no, no train for me. I'm a driver. Okay. Yeah. In fact, it, the ride to Long Island really isn't bad until you hit Long Island, in my opinion. And then you got to, you know, wait. 20 minutes to go one mile with that traffic down there
0: you know my friends and I uh, took a trip out to the um, east coast a couple years ago and we flew into New York and we rented a car and we were actually on Long Island for the day like my buddies wanted to go see like that Amityville Horror House and we just kind of drove around and we like, we had never been to New York before. So we tried leaving Long Island. Like I think it was around like four or 5 PM and it took us so long to get off of Long Island. Like we were stuck on the, the expressway forever. Like I felt like we sat under the, this bridge for like almost an hour.
1: Yeah, man, it's brutal.
0: Yeah, it, it was definitely pretty rough. So uh, I, I just can't imagine like having to drive that like daily. I, I feel like I would like lose my mind.
1: Yeah, me too. I can never live down there.
0: And currently, are, are you still in the upstate?
1: I am. I'm in I'm in the Hudson Valley. I'm about um, maybe like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes north of Poughkeepsie. I bought a, a house not too long ago in a town called Statsburg. And uh, I mean, I'm at like the end of a long dead end in the middle of a forest. I, I spent a long time in Poughkeepsie. So I I really enjoy not having people around me lately
0: okay no i i, yeah. I totally get, get that because like right. where i'm at like i live in orange county and like it's not like crazy busy like it's like it's like i, I feel like it's like i'm just enough where like i can be okay but like sometimes I'll I'll, uh, drive home and visit my parents who live in like Palm Springs. And it's like such a trip to me, like when it gets like, you know, late, like the streets are actually dead. And then like, there's not like, you know, tons of people on the freeway. Like you can like maneuver through the city like easier.
1: Yeah, man. Sounds peaceful.
0: Yeah. Like growing up, I would just wanted to get out. I was like, man, this place sucks. But like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, wow. Like I, I understand like why like people like living out there.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, when I was a little younger, um, I'd be out and about, you know, in Poughkeepsie or out in Brooklyn or somewhere doing something every weekend. But these days, I just, you know, I live a little more mellower.
0: Okay. You had an old band. Um, This is actually like um, uh, at Sound Fury. This is like why I actually stopped you and wanted to talk. You used to play in a band called Living Laser.
1: Yeah, man. That was the band we did before, uh, Mindforce.
0: And I, I, I I was curious because, um, the name, I I think it's really interesting. Does that have anything to do with like, is that like a comic book reference?
1: I mean, I kind of, I saw the name and I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't know much about the comic book character. I have to be honest. Uh, I looked them up afterwards, but, um, I had, I was just looking through like, uh, names of characters and shit. I mean, that band started, <coughs> excuse me, that band started, uh, really like, as like something to do to pass the time just for fun. Uh, we didn't expect it to play a lot of shows or I'm not sure we expect to play one show when we started it. But, uh, in fact, it was already started when I joined, it was already started when I joined.
0: Okay. And, uh, yeah. how'd that happened. <coughs>
1: Well, I was playing drums in a band at the time called Winter Long, which is like, uh, it wasn't it wasn't hardcore. It was like uh, kind of like guided by voices type shit, I guess you could say. Um, we were just doing that kind of for fun. And Mike uh, was playing like uh, in more of an electronic band called Medallions. This band called Medallions, our guitar player, Mike. And he told me he was starting like a real hard, uh, punk hardcore band that was like the bands we got into when we were in high school. And I was like, Oh, let me try singing. And, simple. Yeah.
0: and before that, had you ever done vocals for any band?
1: Uh, yeah, I had, um, I was singing in that band winter long, like kind of doing harmonies in the background while I was playing drums and stuff. But no, I had never been like, I've ne- I had never fronted a band before.
0: Okay. Damn. That's interesting. I. Yeah. Uh, you guys released uh, "Timeless True Blue" and the first track "Divine Light." You guys use a sound clip from Indiana Jones. He, can you talk about why you guys chose that specific sound clip?
1: Oh wow, that was a while ago. I can't really remember. I think it was we just thought it was cool, maybe.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I kind of um, and, and a lot of your bands, you guys like use sound clips, which I think are awesome. I I, I like yeah, me growing yeah. up, like like my bands don't really do that too often these days. So like when I listen to like your stuff, like I, I think it's cool that you guys still do that.
1: Oh yeah, my I I'll always use sound clips, man. I a lot of the bands, it's one thing um that really made an impact on me when I first got into hardcore. A lot of the demos and stuff would have stuff like that on it. I love that stuff.
0: Yeah, same here. Like, I'm a sucker for, like, a sound clip, like, before, like, a breakdown.
1: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes they have reasons. They connect to the lyrics, you know. And sometimes maybe they were just cool. That one, yo, that was a while ago. I honestly would have to look up what the song was about that I used it on. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I mean, a lot uh, of songs since it's, it's tough, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely get it. it um, it was like, you know, uh, it says it was released like, uh, in 2015. So that's like four years ago. That's a long time.
1: Yeah. And I think if that's when we released it, I think we recorded it a little, maybe even 2014. So, uh-huh. you know, it's been a while, man. So, uh,
0: if I'm not mistaken, the difference between a living laser and mind force is just a different bass player.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, we kind of look at it as a different band. We approach okay. the songs different too, uh, the writing and stuff like that. But as far as members, that's the only difference. Yeah.
0: And can you talk about uh, why Living Laser ended and um, how you guys started Mind Force? Uh,
1: Living. Yeah. Living Laser kind of ended naturally. Um, you know, uh, new doors opened up in people's lives with families and stuff like that. And at the time, um, if you listen to the later Living Laser stuff, it's starting to get a little more metallic. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we wanted to go in that direction anyway, but we didn't want to make such a drastic change. You know, it was real different. If you listen to the early Living Laser stuff, it's, it's really punk, a lot of it. Um, and uh, we just felt like it was an easy way to make a change and like just go more complete crossover thrash.
0: Okay. And 2016, you guys put out the, mind force demo. Can you just talk about how that whole thing came together?
1: Yeah. I mean, we just, uh, I don't know. We're just hanging out writing songs and we wrote the demo. Um, we had, uh, we had just decided we weren't going to do living laser and we wrote four songs. I think I'm, I'm not sure if we even had a name when we started writing those. But uh we're, we're all friends who live close to each other who are always playing music together for fun. I mean that's how that's how we socialize you could say you know what I mean So we were just hanging out writing music and we went and recorded once we have four songs we just did the demo
0: One thing I, I thought was like really interesting um, when you guys like put out the demo you guys, uh, pressed it with like a bunch of different colors on vinyl and the bunch of different tapes. Did you have any idea that the demo was going to do so well?
1: Oh no, that, that was sick, man. I did not, I did not. Um, we originally made 30 tapes. Um, the original demo was on 30 cassette tapes. Matter of fact, if, if you can get your hands on one of those and you listen to them, the recordings all screwed up. It like, there's like a, a crust grind band or something that comes in here and there in random spots of the demo. They got all messed up in the plant, but originally we only made 30 because we really only thought our, you know, close friends would want it.
0: And when did you decide or like, when did you, did you see that um, the the demo started to catch fire? And when did you guys decide to press it on vinyl?
1: Uh, well, It, it seemed like it, uh, it got off to a pretty good start right away. Um, people started, you know, really fucking with it and saying good things about it. And, um, it wasn't until, uh, that a label contacted us till we said, yeah, you could press it on vinyl. And then I think with all the colors and stuff, that was all, you know, they wanted to do a lot of that stuff, which was cool
0: and like i didn't realize at the time uh, but it was recorded by will hurst
1: yeah he's done all our stuff yeah he sings in um shout out to maniac one of my favorite bands currently i don't know if you know them but uh check them out if you don't
0: yeah i, I actually i'm familiar with them i, I, I never mentioned this but the um, way i found out about mind force was I, I was put on to you guys by um keith freeman
1: Oh, yeah. Keith rules, man.
0: Yeah. Super awesome guy. And um, I can't remember if it was when I interviewed him like a long time ago or if we were just like talking through like group text or chat, but he mentioned that I should listen to mind for Oh,
1: cool, man. Well, thanks, Keith.
0: Yeah. And I, I yeah. So I, I think it's cool. Like uh, like realizing now that Will Hurst like recorded everything, then realizing that he's in Maniac. It's just like kind of cool.
1: Oh, he plays in Restraining Order too. He's he does a lot of shit, man. If you you gotta if, check out Will's catalog, it's deep. He's been doing shit for years, like the Hudson Valley guys. You know, um, there's bands for days you could find. Will is yeah. Will rules, man.
0: Yeah, like I I knew he played in a bunch of different bands, but I did not know that he um, recorded bands as well.
1: Oh yeah, he records bands, and he's um. I, I, I like the way he records. It's not for everybody um, It's really live. I mean you're gonna sound the way you sound live but uh um, you know he's our close friend so he's easy to work with It's kind of that's it really.
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely like that. Um, like how you described it, the, the way that he records you, the way you're going to sound live. I, I feel like that's really good for some bands because, like, when people finally get to see you live, or they can be like, holy shit, this sounds just like the record, and then it's not like something different.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. It all depends what the band's going for, you know?
0: And you guys released the feature of on um, Trip Machine Labs, and, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't really know the connection there. Can you talk about how you guys um, put it out on that record label?
1: Yeah, well, that's a Hudson Valley-based record label I um, ran by our friend Chris, who also sings in an old Hudson Valley band called Atlas Shrugged, one of the best Hudson Valley bands ever. Um, and uh, he's put out a lot of great releases. Um, we had recorded it to come out on um, some stuff, and it didn't work out or something. And, uh, Chris has put out our other bands in the past and, you know, he, we were lucky enough to have him help us out.
0: And how, was it like a big process to get him to put it out or did you guys already have everything ready for him?
1: Uh, I think we had everything ready, but the layout, we threw the layout together kind of quick.
0: Okay. And, um, who did the artwork,
1: uh, for the future of, yeah, um, Me and uh, Chris's art guy, we kind of went back and forth with it. Okay. I kind of come up with a lot of the art ideas, and uh, usually um, someone who's more computer savvy can put it together. Okay. That layout, I think, also, you know, it's tough to remember. That layout, I'm pretty sure that Chris had Chris, uh, had some input, too, into how it went.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is there any significant like meaning behind the lady and all the different heads?
1: Um, yeah, there is actually, uh, the lady is, um, kind of like a, uh, uh that image comes from a union pamphlet, um, a union in Chicago. And, the lady is sort of like, uh, kind of like if you look, if you, uh, if you look throughout, the time period and the pamphlets, the lady's kind of like seen as like a lady of labor. You know what I mean? Okay. So we used her because, uh, you know, some of the things I write about in the lyrics have a background in labor. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's about it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love that record. Like it's like how, how I got first introduced to you guys. Cause when uh, Keith told me, check you guys out, that's like, you guys had the demo out and just the future of, so like, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I remember like just jamming to that record, like on your guys' band camp for like, for like the longest time.
1: Oh, that's cool, man.
0: Yeah. So that, that was 2017. I, I probably just going in order. Um, in, yeah. uh, 2018, um, you guys linked up with dead heat to put out a split. Can you talk about how you guys um, built that relationship with dead heat from California?
1: Yeah. I mean, we got to know they, they contacted us, um, and we became friends through mutual mutual friends pretty quick. Um, we had, um, when we had become into contact, their demo was already out and we had all been, Rocking their demo like this shit is great. This shit is so good. So when they contacted us, it was a no-brainer Um, we're both doing kind of different style crossover sounds Uh, so it seemed like a a cool idea to do something with that theme from the east and west coast
0: And uh, did did they ever go out there and play shows with you guys because I can't remember off the top of my head
1: Uh, we've never they've never played with us out here. Um, I'm pretty sure we were scheduled to play together right before Mike first got hurt so it didn't work out but um, I Mean, it's gonna happen. We're gonna be playing more together. on both coasts. Just look out for it It's just it's due to happen. It has to happen
0: Okay, yeah, no, and I'm I'm looking forward to that because you guys have only been to the West Coast once if I'm uh, not mistaken
1: Yeah, just sound and fury that was it
0: And did you guys ever expect to get asked to play Sand and Fury?
1: No, man. It was, was, you know, it sounds cheesy, but it was like, for us, it was a dream come true. I mean, we didn't expect to get asked to play any of these fest or anything. So we're just trying to go for it and try to live in the moment when it happens. I mean, hardcore has been at the center of all our lives for you know, it it is our lives for the last 20 years. I mean, all our personal lives are built around it, with the relationships and sometimes even jobs we have. So, um, to be get to get to, you know, to be able to get to play and be asked to play these type of fest is, I mean, it's it's tremendous and it's extremely humbling.
0: Yeah, for me, like when I saw you guys on the announcement. I was like super excited because I'm like, holy shit, like Mindforce is finally getting out to the West Coast and like the first time we're going to see him is at that fest, which is always fun (laughs) and like just being on that stage and like having just like the, you know, that like environment, that atmosphere, I just like, holy shit, this is going to be like one of the sets to kind of keep an eye on and i remember like i was there when you guys played and um as soon as you guys started with um uh excalibur i was like shit like i just had this feeling like the same feeling i get when i'm on like a roller coaster is like the best way to describe it like right before like the big drop i'm like holy shit like this is actually happening that's
1: Um, sick man that's crazy
0: yeah no it, it was like super awesome just like you know having like listening listen to you guys for so long and then finally just being there in that moment and seeing it live and not being disappointed and like you know you guys just put on like a great performance that night
1: oh thanks man it was one of the i spent the whole week there i mean it was one probably the best week of my summer i brought my family my wife my daughter it was great i had a great time man
0: and uh, um, did you spend like the whole week leading up to San fury or the week um like after the fest
1: uh, like a couple of days before and then we were there for a little bit after.
0: Okay. And hell yeah. That's awesome. Like what yeah. would you guys um, do in California?
1: I mean, just kind of, we did, you know, typical tourist shit. Um, really enjoyed uh, the fest. Um, and Yeah. Typical tourist shit, man. Just tried to, you know, see all the California sites.
0: Mm-hmm. And well, was that your first time to California?
1: Yeah, it was my first time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. It was, uh, I, I loved it out there. It's a different world out there. Um, I feel, like you know, I'm trying to keep a little of that vibe with me still. <laughs> Hell yeah. Th- that's super uh, you know, It seemed like a low, lo- low stress vibe uh, here and there. Maybe, okay. maybe, you know, I, I've only, I only spent a week there, so I probably don't know what I'm talking about, but it was cool. I liked it.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely like a great like time to like come down because um maybe it is something in the air because of the fest, but yeah, like tons of good vibes. Um I remember like walking away from the fest and just like talking to like my friends and a bunch of different people like asking and like talking about who had the best set that weekend. And it always came down like um, half heart wasn't in the discussion because uh, you know, they were just like reuniting. and that band was like massive. Yeah. It's um,
1: a given. It's yeah. So container.
0: like outside of half heart, it, it, it always came down to either drain or mind force. And
1: like, I don't know, man, that drain set was sick, dude. That was one of my favorite sets of the set drain. Uh, there was a handful that yeah. heat set was fucking crazy. That was popping, man. I don't know. If, I don't know if our set was better than those sets, but it was fun as hell.
0: Yeah. Like, I, like, I always, I'm like, I'm not saying this because you're here. You can go back and listen to the episode I did with, uh, Sammy, the singer of drain. Actually, I actually, yeah. I, I told him that, um, my favorite set of the entire weekend was, um, your guys' set.
1: Oh, sick, man. Sick
0: yeah so it was uh super super awesome and you kind of mentioned earlier that um you guys um, might be coming back to the west coast soon
1: yeah we want and we just got to work it out um we have a lot of uh family responsibilities and uh work responsibilities you know three out of the four of us have kids and uh it's tough to schedule it where you know we're still meeting all that responsibilities and getting out there to the west coast but it's coming and I think it'll come soon. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine having to juggle like work life, family life, and then try to like, you know, make sure those things are all in order to then get out to the West coast and handle like a ton of shows.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, we've always, we've, we've never not done this, um, throughout the, you know, throughout, as all those things were having happening, you know, as we were starting families and starting careers, you know, we've always done hardcore, um, kind of need it. You know what I mean? We're the kind of guys that just need it. It's the wind in our sails to get us through the other shit. Uh, so, you know, we'd be doing it anyway. It's just, it's tough to be a full-time band. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, definitely get, there's like so much work that goes into it, like behind the scenes that like a lot of people probably don't understand.
1: Yeah. I, I sometimes people get angry at us or. Um, they, they might think something, but it's, you know, I, I mean, we sacrifice a lot already. I mean, um, you know, some, one of us even has three kids, so there's a lot going on. Um, you know, I, I have a career and so do the other guys. And, uh, like I said, it's just tough to just try, you know, drop it all and go away somewhere. But I think we do do a real lot still, even with it all. I mean, we're doing stuff every month, you know. Um, so I, I do think we make it work, but it is hard, man. There's a lot you got to sacrifice.
0: Uh, is it okay to talk about your career?
1: Uh, yeah, I talk a little bit about it. I mean, I, I'm an I'm a, I'm a inner city high school public school teacher.
0: Yeah. Cause um, uh, when I had Mike score on, he mentioned that you were a teacher and um, I, I honestly didn't know a lot about you at the time. So when he mentioned that, I, I thought that was awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's cool, man. It has its ups and downs.
0: And uh, have you been doing it for a long time?
1: I've been doing it for a, a little while now. Yeah. About uh nine, 10 years.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. And like when you were younger, was this always something you'd wanted to do or did you just like stumble upon it in life?
1: Uh, nah, I didn't ever think I was going to be a, a teacher. Nah. no, <laughs> you know, I, I set headed I, down a different path personally, but uh, you know, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, being a teacher, like sometimes it, it goes like underappreciated because I have a lot of friends that are teachers, and like I think like what they're doing, like their job is definitely important because like you're de- they're dealing with the youth, and that's like our future.
1: Cool man. Yeah, it's pretty important. Thank you,
0: yeah, okay. And um, you guys are are mind force I'm um, traveling to Florida in January.
1: Yeah, yeah, FYI, I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, have you guys ever played that?
1: Yeah, we played it once, um, was it 2017, I think? Or maybe 2018, I forget the one we played, but we played it before, it was it was dope. Uh, saw great bands, got to get to Florida in January, and if you know what New York in January is like, it's miserable, so we loved it. Um, Bob does an incredible job with fest, man.
0: Yeah, I love everything that Bob does Uh, super uh, nice guy and like does like a lot for hardcore and the fact that um uh, the way he like curates that fast, I I think is like a really, really awesome job on his part and everybody that helps him out.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Tremendous.
0: And um, more recently, uh, uh, Triple B announced AHC in uh, December and you guys are also on that. Is, Is this your first time?
1: No, we played that one. Uh we we played that before too. We had a great, great experience there too.
0: Yeah. I, I always feel like they do a really great job for um what they do like toward like for like the end of the year, um in Boston. Like always like a super solid lineup.
1: Oh yeah, I've been that's another fest. All these fests, man, I've just been been a fan of, you know, as a, as just a hardcore dude forever. So that, that that one in particular was one I always wanted to play, so when we played it, it was dope.
0: Yeah, and you guys are um, obviously tied to Triple B Records. You guys put out um, Excalibur on there.
1: Yeah, man, they're our label right now, and they've been nothing but incredible. Sam is the man, and uh, I mean, look what they're doing right now. I think it's kind of a historic moment moment for Triple B. The bands they've been putting out, Uh, You know, forget about Excalibur. Look what they've been putting out in the last few months. It's been some of my favorite stuff
0: one thing I really like about that label is they don't like discriminate when it comes to like the type of hardcore. Cause like um, some labels can kind of like, um like box themselves in by putting out um, like similar bands, like, you know, that they have like uh, the same sound, which isn't like a bad thing. But one thing I love about triple B is if you like look at the roster, like across the board, like they cover so many different types of hardcore bands and some bands that aren't even hardcore.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's it's cool, too, to have a, a, a label sometimes cater to a certain sound. But um, having all the different uh, like having all those different sounds is the reason why I think I love Triple B so much, you know, because I love it all. And I'm just a fan of hardcore. I have stuff I like in every little, you know, subgenre of hardcore. So I, I love that.
0: And can you talk about how you guys um got asked to uh- put out Excalibur on Triple B.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's, you know, it's not that exciting. He just emailed us and we, you know, we we said yes pretty quick. We're we fans of the label, you know, we thought it was the best label around before we hooked up with them, so it was a no-brainer.
0: And at that point were you guys already in the writing process or did it um, start shortly after?
1: Uh, we had uh, no, I think I think it started shortly after Started shortly after. Um, We had a, I don't know, maybe we had, you know, a song or some riffs, but after they contacted us and told us they wanted to do an LP, we were like, all right, let's try to write an LP because, uh, you know, it's a lot of songs you got to write. So we had to get right to work, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I read in an old interview that you talked about how you um, had to you know pick the ten best songs out of the, all the ones that you guys wrote. Did you just completely trash the other songs you didn't use, or are you guys saving that those for like something else?
1: Uh, most of them just kind of disappeared. You know what I mean. We trashed one of them. We recorded with the with knowing that probably wouldn't make the record, but it's on. Pretty sure it's on the Spotify version of it like an extra song that was one of the ones that almost got cut completely but uh we decided to just record it to do something with it i think it might be coming out on a comp or something i'm not sure
0: okay I, do i do you know which comp maybe
1: no i don't i don't i think maybe yeah it was talked about i, I have to get up with mike he knows sorry man
0: no, 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 it's, it's all good. And I, I was curious, uh, you mentioned that the extra track um, might be on Spotify. Is there a reason why you chose yeah, to do it, it there? Oh, okay, is there a reason why you chose to put it on Spotify?
1: Um. Well, we had the extra track, and we didn't really know what to do with it. And I think maybe Sam suggested it, or Mike. I'm not sure. Um. But, that, you know, that's how it came about
0: okay yeah th- th- that's awesome so, so for everybody who's um not informed if you go check out the record on spotify there'll be an extra track
1: yeah there's an the extra track that isn't on the triple b band camp or the vinyl
0: hell yeah and that's why like sometimes i love like um digital stuff because like you can just like do that you know like add an extra track and it's not that big of a deal
1: yeah man definitely
0: and uh, your guys' Twitter is pretty active, which I think is cool for a band because, uh, you know, any of your fans can just go and kind of see what you guys are up to or what, or what you're into because you guys, like, retweet stuff. I, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, do you know who runs it?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, me and Mike kind of take turns doing it, you know, and we try to keep up with it here and there. Okay. I try yeah. to not spend too, I'll be honest with you, though, man. I try to not spend too much time on there.
0: Yeah, um, (laughs) I I definitely understand that Uh, Twitter, Instagram, like uh, sometimes I can get sucked into like those like random, like, you know, loop of just refreshing and uh, sometimes it's not healthy.
1: Yeah, man, you don't want to get caught up in a social media vortex. You can't get out.
0: Yeah. Honestly, sometimes it happens. Like I'll like know that I have like things that I need to get done. Like I I need to be responsible. Um, but sometimes I'll just be like, you know what, just give myself like five minutes on my phone. Like I'll like lay down and like that five minutes will turn into an hour and I'm just like, shit.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you, man. And, And sometimes, you know, the stuff that you find yourself reading is ridiculous, you know, man. So, Sometimes it's good just to shut it off, but I get caught in the vortex as well. So I, you know, it happens
0: for sure. Yeah. And, um, it, it, yeah, it's a weird place. Cause like sometimes like, you know, it, it can be like, uh, you know, like sometimes there's like some good humor like th- people will post things and I'm just like, what the hell? Like I would never in my entire life have thought of like, you know, to post something like that. And it, it'll just like, I'll just like find myself just like busting up laughing.
1: Oh yeah, man. I've seen some of the funniest shit ever on there. <laughs>
0: Um. So, you also play in another band. So um, we we kind of caught up with Mind Force. We'll we'll, we'll kind of um, put them on pause for a second. But you Not. you drum for uh, a band called Out for Justice.
1: Yeah, I kind of drum for them. I oh. do the I I play on the recordings, but we have another drummer uh, who plays live.
0: Okay. I, I was going to ask because uh, I was, I'm on the band camp and it has, uh, like six members listed and there's like two drummers. So I was like, wait, I was like, I've never seen you guys live. So I'm not sure if you guys do like, you know, two drummers live. So I,
1: that's just me being lazy, man. I just don't want to bring a drum set around.
0: So, um, do you perform live with the band?
1: I do, but I kind of lay, lay in the cut a little more. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. Kyle kind of takes the front more. Kyle from Glory. He's like our lead guy. I kind of lay in the cut a little as the background guy.
0: Okay. Um because my uh buddy Garrett, like th- th- this um is a, a funny story. So my buddy Garrett, he's like a huge fan of like Out for Justice and Oh really? Yeah. And he Uh, So like I was I've been like me and all my friends were trying to convince him to go to um, Florida with us in January and he was always kind of like on the fence about it because he's married he's got you know like stuff going on which is totally understandable but when the announcement got dropped um, he like texted like all of us and was like yo like I'm in for Florida like Out for Justice is playing and
1: (laughs) sick man
0: yeah (laughs) we're like oh we're like awesome that's what um, it's gonna take to get you to Florida cool like like we're down we
1: don't disappoint (laughs) him
0: so like. Are, are you going to be playing that set?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah, I should be. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we to gotta figure out a practice or something a little before then, but I, I, I'll I, be playing that set, man, yeah.
0: Okay, hell yeah. And um, can you talk about how that band started? Because for me, it just kind of came out of nowhere because it seems like you guys have had a really busy year with putting music out.
1: Yeah, uh, it was at... Um, was at a mind force show a fiddlehead mind force show in new jersey um I, I was eating dinner with uh the streets of hate crew and uh, my friend lumpy and uh, lumpy and i had gotten in a conversation about you know kind of a specific sounding band from new york city or the hudson valley or long island and from a certain time period late 90s early 2000s and uh, i i I told him I want to start, I want to drum in a band like that. And he was like, let's do it. So it's kind of like our little, our little project, our little fun, fun project.
0: Yeah. I I think it's awesome. And uh, I, had you ever drummed and done vocals like that before?
1: Uh, well I know I didn't like, you mean at the same time? Yeah. Well, I didn't record that way. I just kind of, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, not to disappoint anybody but how i how we even wrote some of those songs we just pressed record and i just did a bunch of drum beats
0: really like yeah that's crazy
1: and then uh lumpy wrote some guitar riffs over him on the spot and then we wrote some didn't put too much thought into the lyrics you know and then we just added it all on we just kind of did it all on the spot um, the first demo we had one practice where we wrote maybe half of it at the practice and then half of it in the studio. And the second one, we did the whole thing on the spot.
0: So you you guys are just that good.
1: Uh, we are not that good, <laughs> 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 um, but we made it work somehow. Um, I think, you know, um, I don't know how we did it. We just, uh, yeah, we just did it. You know, I think, you know, sometimes, man, you can overthink hardcore.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah. It kind of no. reminds me of like um some of like some like rappers th- that I listen to. Like, there's this guy um who's like pretty big right now. His name's Juice World. Uh, and people call him okay. like, like yeah. th- the best like you know freestyler in the world because he just literally just I don't know goes about that. But... <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I. I'm not in that um, camp. But uh, just just the way that he flows and um, how he records like some of his hit songs. He, he talks about how it's just you know he just goes in there and just does it.
1: Yeah, man, you know, when it comes to hardcore, I don't like to overthink things. I like to just, you know, go with the flow of the feeling.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm. Uh, like, I didn't know that was the process for Out for Justice, but it seems like, you know, you guys are yeah, doing the whole good over theme, there.
1: The whole theme of that band is uh, total fun and no work whatsoever. So it's just, you know, we're kind of a mess, but we have a lot of fun.
0: Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you guys uh, put out uh, Northeast Hardcore Pride in February and then uh, early summer you guys put out What It's All About. Um, And then a month later, you guys put out a split with Payback.
1: Yeah, we we did um, that song the same time we did. We recorded uh, What It's All About. We did all those songs on the spot in one session.
0: And did you guys intentionally save that because you knew this split was uh, excuse me that this split was gonna happen, or did it just um,
1: work out just that no way? that um well we had played a show in Long Island and then the next day I stayed down there and then we did the uh, we did the recording and um, I think that was all Lumpy's idea to use some for like any a little EP and another for maybe a possible split and then it worked out. But then again, he might have known. I'm not sure, man.
0: Okay, because listening to um both songs on the split, um like your track and Payback's track, you guys um both like used your band's name in the song um a lot and Oh yeah. Yeah, and like I'm I'm just not sure if like that, that was planned for this split or if that's just how things worked out because I I think it's pretty awesome because you guys are kind of just like it's like a cool way to like, you know, um like get your guys's band's name out there.
1: Yeah, it wasn't planned, but it's sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's just blowing my mind even more because uh, it's just crazy. Nothing how,
1: was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing was nothing is planned in that band, man. We just we just go with it.
0: OK, well, then I just got to keep my eye out on Alfred Justice because who knows what could happen next?
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think you're going to see from us anytime soon is the F.Y.A. set. I'm not sure. It all depends on Lumpy's schedule. Lumpy's in sanction and they are going full time. They're killing it right now. So uh I don't know what, what we can do, you know. And and also, you know, Mind Force is going pretty hard. I mean, as hard as we can go right now too. So
0: Yeah, and then shout out to Sanction. They just put out that new record like a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, dope record.
0: Yeah. And so uh kind of wanna switch gears. Uh you okay. guys um were just in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Yeah,
0: I didn't know you guys had any connection to them. Uh, could you talk about how you guys ended up on the Knock Loose uh, record release show and how that experience was playing out there?
1: Yeah, well, we we, we didn't have a connection with them. Um, they contacted us uh, to play the record release show. And when they first contacted us, I thought they meant like maybe like the New York version or something like that. So we were like, all right, yeah. And then they were like, no, nah, it's in Louisville. And we're like, oh shit! All right, because we had never been to the Midwest yet, and uh, we had to cancel the uh, the LDB Fest last year after Mike got hurt. So uh, it was just a great, it was a great um, way to get out there and to play a great show. And uh, those guys were great, man. Uh, real hardcore kids who uh, showed us showed us nothing but a great time, man. And uh, their set was pretty incredible. I mean, you could barely hear the band over the crap.
0: Yeah, I've only seen like a couple videos from that show, but it looked insane. Like the place was like packed and like just the venue looked pretty big too.
1: Oh, it was a crazy show, man. It was a crazy show. Our set our set was pretty crazy, man. All, all the sets were. The Indecision set was dope. Our set had a lot of stage diving. I mean, they usually do, but that one had a lot. It took a pretty bad hit at that show. But it was great it was great you took a hit yeah something happened in the like first little bit of the set maybe even got like i just got my as they say i just got my bell rung <laughs> okay. pretty good but yeah that's you know just kept it moving
0: for sure man i wish uh, somebody uh had footage that they could post of your guys set because i would love to see you guys in front of that crowd
1: yeah i haven't really seen anything from that but um but it was a great show and if anything um if you could stumble on some of the knock loose footage i mean it was nuts it was nuts they had you know they they had the crowd was I mean, no matter where you were in that room if you were washing your hands in the bathroom you stopped what you were doing because of the energy of that crowd it was crazy
0: yeah that the, 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 the what that band's doing is pretty special
1: that's crazy, man.
0: And do you uh, do you ever care like when you uh, play a show like afterwards? Do you ever try to seek out like um, photographers that were taking photos of you guys live, or if there were videographers on stage? Uh,
1: I've never, I've never done that. No. Um, anytime we've um thought about video, we ask somebody to videotape the set beforehand. Like, uh, Sonny from Eight Five Six recently videotaped our first show back in New York it was pretty cool but we had had asked him to come up and he was great about coming right up and doing it
0: okay hell yeah that guy is legendary just like the amount of work that he puts in like worldwide It's, it's pretty insane
1: yes modern legend for real with that dude for real
0: yeah yeah and i i I think it's cool that people um are like down to support him and they kind of recognize the work that he's doing for all of us
1: oh yeah man he's so involved in the community i mean he's he's doing so much more than just showing up and filming bands all right and then that's that's enough already but he's doing so much more
0: okay so right now uh are there any like newer bands from the Hudson Valley that w- we should be kind of keeping an eye on?
1: Yeah, there's a band called Age of Apocalypse and there's another band called Final Right. Uh both those bands just just came out and uh those are two bands I'm really excited about both bands. Um and uh actually Age of Apocalypse is playing a show with us this month. In long island at the end of the month i'm really excited for it
0: okay and uh, oh the, that's the um uh the one with the restraining order one step closer division of mind and deflect
1: yeah i mean uh, basically i get to see a handful of my favorite bands on one show i can't wait i can't wait
0: yeah hell yeah th- th- that's super awesome uh, and i know that that um that age of, of apocalypse band played the benefit show and I checked them out. They're pretty cool. Like, I, I I hope their name is in reference to the X-Men, but maybe I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. You know, it, it, I don't see it, it. might be. Who knows? I, I thought that's what I got when I first heard it personally. So I think you're right.
0: Okay. All right. We'll get to the bottom of it at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll ask him.
0: Okay. hell yeah um but that's actually like a really cool lineup like if, if you look at it from like you know from top to bottom like a lot of good bands from different areas
1: oh I think that's one of the shows of the fall in New York uh, I mean it's been I think it's been a year since we played Long Island if it's really close to it if it's not a year so I can't wait to play there and I can't wait to see some of those bands in Long Island I think Long Island, probably the best scene in New York right now. So, I mean, that show is going to be popping.
0: Yeah. The, they definitely have like a bunch of good bands, uh, currently from Long Island. Uh, it kind of sucks that, uh, backtrack recently broke up, but I'm um, still like a lot of good bands from that area.
1: Oh, they got a ton of great bands, man. That's that scene is so productive, so prolific nonstop. It is. It's always been, and right now it's in an incredible moment that weekend, the night before in Long Island is the hangman record release. Show and that show is gonna be great, too. I'll be at that one.
0: Oh, so you're getting down there
1: early Yeah, I think I'm gonna go down there for the weekend I don't want you know, I, I want to see the bands playing that show, too. Mm-hmm. I just love hardcore, man I love the bands. I want to be at the shows.
0: Okay, and um so obviously uh You uh, are in a band with um, a member of Sh- sanction. Do you have like a ton of friends down there?
1: In Long Island. Yeah, man. Yeah, like I like I was saying earlier Uh, Long Island New York City specifically Brooklyn and the Hudson Valley all really close in that. I mean, like I said, if you go to shows from any of those scenes, you might see some people from all those scenes there
0: Okay, yeah, that's awesome. I I've never been to a show in New York like I've I've driven by that um, Amityville music hall where it's gonna be at Um, in Long
1: Island. Yeah Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I've I've driven by there when I was out there on, on my trip like just by accident Like I didn't even know they had hardcore shows there um, okay. Yeah. Have you so, been
1: to a show in the city before?
0: Never. No. Like that night, um, like when we were in town, like, um, combat kid was playing, but my, my friends didn't want to go. So we just like, just hung out and like did okay. stuff, but I've never yeah, been right to a now,
1: show. Right now for the first time in a while, uh, New York, specifically the uh, Brooklyn area, it's getting going again. Got some really, really good stuff there. And it's a really good center point. um, it's kind of like uh, geographically a good area where you get down to it from the Hudson Valley, uh, Long Island, Connecticut, New Jersey. Brooklyn's got a good thing going on right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, like part of me, like I, when I think about like the uh, different like landscapes, I like, like how close all the different scenes are. Like I, I get kind of like um, jealous because like. <laughs> I love living in California. Like, I love like Orange County Hardcore. Like, it's my favorite. LA's awesome. San Diego's cool. Um, but just the fact that, like, there's so many, like, different scenes so close together, like, I, I think it's so cool that um, the travel time in between like isn't that long.
1: Yeah, it, it is nice. And it's great when you're in a band because you always have different places to play and you don't have to travel too far
0: yeah and yeah because things are just like so different but like it's not that far like you don't have to travel that far to get like a taste of all these different scenes
1: oh no yeah definitely man
0: so outside of like new york like uh, uh, where is like your favorite place to play
1: there's a bunch of places i love jersey i love jersey um I love uh, Jersey. I love Connecticut. And I love I love Massachusetts, probably uh, those places. And now, I mean, it's tough. California was incredible with Sound and Fury, Um, but it'd it'd be cool to experience a uniquely California hardcore show, too. You know what I mean? Not a fest. So that place was great, too. But Yeah. uh, yeah, those those ones pretty much
0: yeah it's, sometimes i i think about like what it would be like if you guys um somehow got booked at this local spot in orange county uh, there's a skate shop in fullerton like i don't know if you've ever seen any videos from it
1: i think i have it looks it looks awesome
0: yeah like w- w- we get like all sorts of different types of bands to play there and and it's always like a really good time and, and it's really odd like how like people actually respect the shop and like things don't get stolen things don't get broken Because like they literally like we're leaning up against like glass cases like the vinyl's still out But like somehow everything still manages to stay intact
1: Oh, yeah, that that's great, man
0: Yeah, so I, I think it would be like awesome If at some point in the future you guys were able to play there. It'd be nuts
1: Oh, we'd love to we'd love to as long as we can make it make it work
0: Okay, well in the future. Um, we got to try to make that happen.
1: I know. I know. I don't know how to do that, but we can try. I don't know when, when we'll be out there, but, um, I'll be in touch somehow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, no, I d- definitely appreciate that. Um, well, I, I, th- I think this is like a definitely like a good place to wrap things up. I, I feel like, uh, we, we had a great conversation.
1: Alright, cool, man. Sounds good.
0: But um, like I always like to give um, I guess the opportunity before we go to shout out or plug anything.
1: Oh yeah, um, I'll just shout out to you know all my people upstate in the Hudson Valley, uh, Brooklyn, Long Island, uh, all the scenes that you know, all our all the scenes we have one foot in, and uh, yeah, check out some new bands from the Hudson Valley: Age of Apocalypse and Final Right. Uh, they they both have band camps. And keep, you know, keep supporting Triple B. All
0: right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you again for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamie R K podcast. Always on top.